and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> nice to see you again, Theora. Yeah, same. <laughs> Thank you, everybody at home, for joining us. What today are we doing we have, today, Caitlin? We have a super, super special video. So special. <laughs> like, everyone's been begging for this. No, they haven't. Not at all. Literally no one. (laughs) (laughs) No one has asked for it. Today, we are going to be talking about the best show in the world that has no issues whatsoever. None. (laughs) Glee. Glee. So, when was the first time you watched Glee? I watched it since the beginning. Um, Like, when it first aired. Because, like, this show sounded so appealing to me. Because I was like, oh, it's about, like, I didn't know what a Glee Club was, but I got, from, like, the original trailer, from what I can remember, I got, like, theater club vibes. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, high school theater. Like, that's awesome. We never get to actually see into that world. Like, that'd be super fun. Let's do it. Because, like, I grew up watching musicals. Like, I'm from New York originally. I used to go to Broadway as a kid. Like, so I love musicals. I was like, yay, finally, like, a TV show about that kind of stuff. And... Yeah, so I was watching it from the beginning, and um, boy, did this show evolve over time, which we will get into, but, like, yeah, like, it very much appealed to me from the very beginning. I think I was in elementary school when it started. Um, I can't remember time periods, but yeah. (laughs) It was 2009. No, so I was just entering middle school. And so I think I was, like, slightly too young right in the beginning, but then I was a theater kid. So, I don't know how, I've just, I never saw the show until the pandemic. And the whole reason, yeah, it took me forever. That's weird. Oh, I thought you would have seen it earlier, because it's like, no, your jam, man. (laughs) I know. And (laughs) I I watched the first, okay, so a lot of things happen like this. I have to be, like, fully committed to watching something to actually get into it, because I, a lot of times I'll watch the first episode and just stop. Because I ha- I think I was, like, forcing myself to watch it. I can't force myself to watch things. Yeah, it just doesn't it. work. But I was obsessed with Melissa. Was is past tense. Let's just say is. Because every time I see her, then I become re-obsessed. I, so I think I tried watching it for her. But I knew she wasn't in it till the fourth season. So I got, I didn't get past the first episode. It's like, screw it, I'll just watch the fourth season. So I watched the four and half of five. Interesting. Yeah, so I have I had no idea what happened other than four and half of five. And then one day I was okay. like, I guess I will watch the whole thing. And then I <laughs> fell in love with the show. This was 2021, the summer of 2021. Yeah. Uh, so you started watching it during the Glee renaissance that was happening, basically. Yeah. But I was actually not aware that everybody else was. Everyone else watched it, yeah. and then a few months later, because some other things happened in real life, and I think it was, like, right before the year anniversary of Naya that I actually, like, fell in love with the show, and 
I fell in love with Naya. She's amazing. And this whole time, I will not say anything past tense with her because I refuse to. Everything is as it should be in my mind. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, this show made me very, very depressed, (laughs) which is weird for a comedy. So right now. The show made me very angry. (laughs) (laughs) So while you were discovering Glee during the Glee Renaissance in the lockdown, I was revisiting trauma from this show that I had suppressed with like, there's like podcasts coming out about it. And I was like listening. I was like, oh, God, yeah, like you're expressing all of my feelings that I've had pent up about this show. Because, like, damn, the trauma. But so we'll get into all that. So I'm glad. The good, bad, and the ugly that is, or was, Glee. Which was, like, it was a worldwide phenomena. And, like, we'll get into it. It, it Yeah, it spiraled I'm glad that, out of control. I'm glad that you watched it as it came out. So I have no idea what the world was like yeah. when Glee was airing. I barely heard about it. But it also depends on when you watch it in life. So I have different experiences from you. Yeah. Between age and what was going on in the world. Yeah, we'll get into it. Why, like, at the time, it was a it was a big deal for a lot of reasons. Uh, and we'll kind of jump into that when we, like, jump into the show. And throughout this episode, maybe two episodes, because uh, depending on how much we scream about the show, it, it might be multiple parts. We'll have compilation clips that we found on YouTube. And... Patreon, you'll see us react to it. YouTube, we're going to cut most of it out just because it'd get too long and I don't want to deal with copyright because, ugh. But since we're a okay, LGBTQ... The audio will be like the YouTube version. <clears throat> yes. Okay. So full reaction slash a trip down memory lane with YouTube video with the YouTube videos will be available on the Patreon. You'll get a little taste if you're watching on YouTube or listening on audio podcast. Also, especially for audio, there's some things that are confusing, but we'll try to read try. as much as <laughs> the first video. Since we're an LGBTQ plus media podcast, I titled this section "Everyone Is Gay." Perfect. <laughs> so, what do you think? Is everybody gay on the show? No, I don't think everybody's gay on this show. I think there's a lot of insanity that went on in the show as the show evolved over time. Um, And, like, there are other podcasts that have, like, super gotten into detail with, like, Glee. But, like, one of the big problems with the show is there's so many writing inconsistencies. And so there's no, like, consistency with, like, characters from, like, episode to episode. So, like, all their plot lines get all kinds of weird. So, yeah, I can see, like, if you really search through the whole show you could find instances of everybody acting really gay when they may not be a gay character because like the it's almost like the writers didn't talk to each other when they wrote the show (laughs) and so it's like it's a no it is like it's such a hot mess like they will have a whole episode dedicated to one thing about one character and then the next episode completely forget about it and like never bring it up again that's true and then they'll contradict themselves later Correct. Yeah. It's like they didn't talk to each other. So yeah, you can have somebody be like, yeah, I think Artie's fruity and like have one an offline that he has and then never talk, touch it ever again. So like maybe they were, but maybe they weren't because the writers in the show did not talk to each other. Um, well, speaking of that, I guess we'll skip down a little bit because we have a video just for that. It's such a, this show is such a disaster sometimes. Okay. History of Joe, run Joey run first. <sighs> So the history of Glee and why it just gets more and more ridiculous over time is like if you you may not be aware like if you if you came in during the renaissance of Glee during the pandemic and you're like whoa this show you have to understand that this show was like novel for its time. So first of all it was a syndicated show so it was on broadcast TV on Fox network. That's who had Glee which doesn't make a lot of sense if you've heard the term Fox because Fox as a company is very, very right-wing conservative. So this show was on a right-wing conservative network, which is crazy to begin with. And it had... How that even happened? How did that even happen? Did the jokes go over their heads or... (laughs) I don't know. That I don't know. Um, But yeah, and so it had openly queer characters in primetime, which was very rare at the time especially on this network. So it was a huge deal. 
And after its first season, it blew up. Like this at one point in time was the most popular television show in the world, like globally. And it very much got to the creator's heads. Um, and instead of making it about the show, they started doing things like trying to sell songs on iTunes and just the show became less about what it originally was, which was a satire and everybody forgets it's a satire. So it's making fun of this theater culture and like of children, like growing up in that culture. That's really what it is. And it started taking itself way too seriously as a television show and was trying to tackle like teenage issues or real world issues like we get unique later and it's about like you know being trans and then or about like homelessness there's one whole episode dedicated to like sam and his family struggling and homelessness so they tried to like take themselves way too seriously and like tackle big topics but they forgot what they were which is a satire about basically whatever culture they were in which is america middle of nowhere like ohio is like a middle state in america if you're not familiar with america I, which, good for you, if you're not. Um, America's a mess. But it's supposed to be like, you know, and then kids, small town, have dreams of getting out, going to the big city, that kind of stuff. So it's supposed to be like, not being serious about that, but being a satire about that. And then you have like the burnout, Mr. Shu, who like, forego that dream to like, be a teacher for whatever reason. And like, it's supposed to be making fun of itself, not taking itself too seriously. So as it started taking itself too seriously, as the show was like, gaining popularity it got way too full of itself and like again that's where you started getting all these inconsistencies that were happening the show was trying to make money off the so what they would do is they would essentially like the glee club would do a cover and then they would sell that song on itunes this is before like free streaming was more Mm -hmm. mainstream and they would sell it so they were making a ton of money off that so then the show became less about the show and more about like having hit song like centered around hit songs they could sell which is why as you watch the show there becomes more hit song it's just like centered around putting hit songs in the show so they could sell it so it, it just lost its way and as it started doing that it started declining in popularity to the point where nobody talked about the show anymore because it got so bad. Um, whereas it used to be a show that like rivaled the Super Bowl as as opposed to like how many people were watching this show. Like it was the most watched television show and it just lost its mind as it, you know, it's a great metaphor for capitalism. It be- lost its mind and then people are like, this isn't what I signed up for and stopped watching it. Mm-hmm. And it just fizzled out. So that's Glee. So Run, Joey, Run is like the most quintessential Glee thing on Glee. Because that is what Glee actually is. Like, it's Rachel basically trying to make something she thinks is super cool, which is a music video with like all the guys that are into her that she's into. And she thinks it's really cool. And it's like, <laughs> it's like edited like the way like somebody would minimal technology would have like an 80s edit kind of thing and she's so proud of this and everybody's like what are you doing with this this (laughs) is trash we hate this but like that's what glee was that's the most glee thing on glee and like they keep making fun of it um again because it's a show that makes fun of itself that's part of the satire of it and they keep bringing it up because like the audience hated it but like i think the audience forgot and glee eventually forgets what glee actually was because it just it loses its mind and yeah it just it just became a way to sell itunes songs over time and just that's why it just stopped making sense and rachel became way too serious about her like everybody becomes way too serious about themselves and it's like that's not what this show actually is run joey run is what the show actually is but they constantly bring it back and make fun of it because like Everybody forgot what Glee was, basically. I think that makes sense. <clears throat> Sorry. For why I do like 4 and 5. Because that's what I started with. So those were the more serious right. seasons. So I'm used to Glee as a... S- not Okay, so it can never be serious. But no, it's it a more s- serious show. Which is why when I went back to the first... Like, I tried the first episode first, and then it just didn't work, and... So I guess I get why... That's also why I have a different viewpoint of the show in general. Because I started in the middle. (laughs) Yeah, you started in the middle, and, like, for me, four is when I stopped watching. Because four repeated what was happening in the first season, but made it too serious. And I was like... And it fucked up a lot of shit that I was mad about. And I was like, I'm not watching this. What even is this show anymore? Um... And 
if you weren't watching it live at the time, like it was a big deal that that was even on TV and Fox of all things. So that made it more of a like cultural phenomenon that was happening. And it was making like theater more mainstream. People were like, yeah, this is actually pretty cool and a pretty hard thing that people are doing. And it made it more relatable to people who didn't really know what theater culture was. Or I didn't know what a glee club was, but I knew what theater culture was. So it just, it was very revolutionary at its time. But then like, yeah, four years later it went, off the rails and it was just trying to make money and I couldn't with the show anymore. So basically I say, I would say there's like three or even four different eras of Glee because halfway through five, they get rid of half their cast, which I'll, I'll talk about later again. It's just, that makes no sense. And then six is a brand new show in itself again. And six I stop at six because I could barely get through it. Yeah. 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 They, they took Brittany yeah. out of when are, six. When, are, and I was just when like, are we going to go through the, <laughs> when are we going through the eras of Glee? Um, maybe in the next part, like when we talk about the new kids and stuff, because we'll just, okay. um, but do you want to talk about your favorite character right now? My favorite character? Mm -hmm. Uh, I have two favorite characters, uh, Santana what? and Sue. Yeah, the, those are my the two second favorite characters. One. Sue. Because Sue we're, we're still in the problematic section of Glee. Oh, is that what we're doing? Okay, I yeah. didn't know. Uh, there's so many problems with Glee. Most of them are season four for me. But I don't think Sue... Sue is not problematic to me. Sue is like the rational person in the room. Because this... Again, it's a satire, which is, like, over-exaggerated in certain aspects. And Sue is usually, like, the voice of reason who's, like, calling... The only person who calls Mr. Shoe out for being the villain of the show. He He's the villain, okay? Like, the writers try to make him be, like, he's the protagonist. He's really not. He's a lot of the problems in the show stem from him being selfish and trying to be a teenager again. Like, he's so creepy and weird. Um, and Sue is just, like keeping it real all the time so i love sue and and i just i love sue i don't have bad things to say about her sometimes she does problematic shit but i don't care because to me she's the voice of reason and you gotta shout out jane lynch queer actress absolutely love her she's probably the most iconic and successful person from this show like in this show wouldn't be have done what it did without her in it and literally nobody else can play sue like jane lynch is so talented like she was absolutely the perfect person for this role I love Jane Lynch. I'm just not the biggest fan of Sue. Why? She has funny moments. I just, I don't know. All the adults. That's, that's because you came in at season yes, four and everything again. went off the rails. And that's not who Sue, they may, tried to paint her as the villain when she's really not. Like, Glee lost its mind. Like. Yeah, so I, again, my viewpoint is very different because of coming in at four. She's I came though. in Anytime when everyone else stopped. <laughs> Anytime I'm sad or need to laugh, I literally just go on YouTube and watch, like, best moments of Sue Sylvester and just laugh. Because she's she's just the best. Her lines are so great. Calling out. Mostly Sue on his bullshit. Would you like to see some of the her most lines? Yeah, let's do it. If you want to laugh, if you don't know what we're talking about, please, like, join us on this journey, uh, Patreon members. Alright. <clears throat> While I get the screen share up, I will let the ads play. This uh, video started is... started with Shu. Shu is the most problematic character in Glee. Okay, well, again, you saw the outline. You could have said that Sue's I... not problematic. <laughs> I think she, she can be read as problematic. The most problematic character in the issue. He just, he's so... He's creepy. next, don't worry. You can, you can... Talk. <sighs> okay, so actually, I did not see him as creepy the first time. Until, and then I kept hearing everybody say that he's so creepy. I'm like... Did I just, I, I did not care about him, so I didn't pay attention when he was on the screen. And that's how it should have been. He should have been so, like, I don't need to pay attention to him. But he just, he constantly kept getting centered and stuff. And it's like, this is not about you. Like, it was just so annoying. But his whole storyline in the first season, I hated. Like, I hated his wife, Terry, I believe. She pissed me off. All the adults in the show really pissed me off, so I just oh, did not Emma pay and, uh, attention to them. Oh, this is Pillsbury. Pillsbury. Yeah. Pillsbury. Emma, yeah. 
Emma was great until everything got way too serious with Emma and then it got weird. <laughs> yeah. I love Kurt's dad, though. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. Let's talk about Shu. Uh, do we have to? <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel like we need to. <laughs> Even though I don't like him. I hate him. He is the most problematic character in the show. And again, like, Ryan Murphy very much tries to center Shu as like, oh, he's the good guy. He This and that. But he does so much shit. Like, he centers himself in everything. And it's like, this is a group of, like, high school kids who are trying to find their place, their community. And, like, he constantly centers himself in, like, their world. And it's weird. Instead of, like, being a good teacher and, like, supporting them, he centers himself constantly. And he does it in super inappropriate ways. Like, there's that one episode in season one, I think, where they, Glee Club gets to do the assembly and he has them do oh, yeah. this, like, I forget the song, but it's, like, this sexy, inappropriate dancing and he's in it with his underage teenage kids was that the song the push it song yes it's the push it song and it's like why are you adult married man dancing with these minors in a sexually suggestive way and he does it more than once in the show like it's just creepy and like pedophile and like abusery and it's just like and that's why i love sue because sue calls him out for being a creepy weirdo and inappropriate with his students which he constantly is and it's just gross you know it's what so <laughs> those things do happen in real life which is stupid because I, I and i'm aware of that but like the writers center him as the good guy in yeah. these scenarios and it's like no he's being extremely inappropriate with his students and like please portray it for what it is which is highly problematic instead of making him the hero of the episode that's the problem i have with it not that they're showing these things but they're elevating him to the good guy protagonist and they want you to root for him in this really inappropriate situation and it's like Maybe that's why it's on Fox. <laughs> see, um, see the Baptist church, if you don't know what I'm talking about. They're oh, super gosh. known for this kind of crap. I think it sh his storyline should have ended with him g being on trial, and then everyone testifying against him. That would be great. And then he gets put behind bars. Personally, I think his storyline should have ended when the original cast graduated high school and we get less of Mr. Shu. Personally. Oh, yeah. That's what oh, I well, think. Well, he came back for a reason. It's just... No, no, no. We'll get there when we get to the... Why I stopped watching Glee. But, um... I think there's... He just is constantly being centered as a main character and it's like, why? This show is not really about you anymore. But he's hella problematic. And, like, he... Just, uh, he basically just wants to be Finn. And he's trying to, like, That's relive true. his high school glory days. And, like, okay, the discovery, can we, okay, the discovery of Finn as a singer. Again, right off the bat, Shu being stupidly creepy. Finn is a, the football player. He's supposed to be the jock who also is an artist kind of deal. And he gets discovered by accident. Quote, unquote, I hope, because Shu just wanders into the boys' locker room. Shu, the Spanish teacher slash glee club founder or whatever, just meanders into the minors' locker room where the football team is showering and, like, creeps on Finn straight up naked and showering and listens to him sing. And he, like, lingers there for, like, a hot minute while this... Minor is singing in the shower. Like it's a, it's so creepy. <laughs> like come it's on. like this is not as this isn't bad because no, I'm the okay. Let me get my thoughts out. So I'm about to relate this to a scene, but the scene that I'm relating it to isn't bad because it's not a teacher and a student. But it reminds me of that Pitch Perfect scene when. Brittany oh, yeah. sneaks into the shower and she's like, what are you doing? So that's just what reminds me of. Okay, but they are both the same age, less creepy yes, than your teacher without your consent. And like Finn doesn't know he's in there creeping on him. Like it's just the creepiest. Like it would be less creepy if like 
uh, Kurt was in there because he got out of gym and needed to get something from his locker and heard Finn. Why was it Mr. Shoe creeping in the boys' locker room? Like, what a... And then, again, the writers are portraying it as, like, what a good thing. He found a star male singer. Like, no, it's like you're an adult creeping on children showering. Like, that is so weird. I guess I I just chose not to think about it too hard. Because the writers don't frame it that way. They they don't. They just... they basically excuse every bad thing Shu does in the way they write and frame his character. And that's what drives me nuts about him. He's not a good person. Like, he's just not. He's very inappropriate with his minor students. And it's never portrayed that way. And the only person who calls him out is Sue. You, well, actually, there is another person. And we have the one who calls him out the most consistently is Shu. Is yeah. Sue. From <laughs> so- the beginning. Sue and Shu. All right. Anyway, well, I hate him. Do you have anything to say about Shu? Uh, no, I, I choose him. not to. <laughs> because you, uh, just hate you so could see the problematic stuff. I just ignored him because I just didn't like him. So. I have no words. A lot of this is just, like, I have no words for, which does not translate well for a podcast. Uh, He's just, he is the worst. He just, again, that's him just centering himself. He does it all the time. It's very annoying. And, like, again, go Santana for actually calling him out on his bullshit. Because very few people does. And he just constantly gets away with it. It just, it's annoying. He's very. He's very, very, very. Does annoying. anybody he is like not him? The hero. I don't know. If you like Shu, like, why? Why? He's not a good person. There are better adults in this show. Uh, see Kurt's dad. Probably the best adult in the show. Yes. We all need a Kurt's dad in our lives. Is there a better adult? No. Well, I, I think he think is. He is. He is the best adult. He is constantly supporting Kurt. Always. Like, he is the best adult in the show. Yeah. He's he's such a great dad. He's the best. He is the best. I love him. But. (sighs) All right. I think that's enough Mr. Shoe talk. Fuck that guy. Yes, yes, please. No more Mr. Shoe. I'm so bored with him right now that I'm just like. Let's move on. No. What do we want to do? Do we want to talk about uh, how it foreshadows real life events? Or do we yeah, want to talk about sure. what it sounds like in real life? Do the foreshadowing. Because, like, okay. Glee basically took on the role of The Simpsons, where The Simpsons, the Simpsons ran for like decades and essentially got to the point where, like, it was predicting crap that happened in the future, like a Trump presidency and things like that. And uh, Glee foreshadowed, like, its own internal stuff because there's a lot of fuckery that went on with the cast the creators of this show and it like predicted its own bullshit which is wild yeah uh yeah there's some uh, horrible things that happened with glee that they predicted for their actors and there was a lot of like sex scandals and hooking ups that happen with cast members and just the writers put their lives on blast. It was really fucked up. Yeah, they did that with uh, Naya's boob job. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, you're taking something that she was proud of her, like, like comfortable in her own skin and, like, making it a negative thing. That's so wrong. They were fucked up. And... What's also fucked up, too, in, like, the casting of these characters, which always bothered me, is, like, Cory Montooth is, like, 30. And he was supposed to play, like, a 16-year-old. And it's, like... You do that a lot, Why? I hate when they do that. Especially because, like, not all the actors were in their 30s. Like, some of them were, like, young 20s, bordering teenagers. And it's, like, this is really weird that you're doing. Oh, well, speaking of, you want to talk everything sucks... On Netflix, that age gap was yeah. ridiculous. Was ridiculous. Because that was like yeah. 13 and like 21, I think. Yeah. And, no, you, and it looks it. So. It does. It, yeah, it does. It's really weird. I don't know who approved that. Yeah. But that's another about that show all the time. <laughs> that was a good show. But yeah, the, the, the age gap between the leads was 
fucking weird. And there's no need for that. Like, cast if, if they people, had a younger, if they replaced the older one with the younger two one, teenagers. Yeah, it would have been a lot better. But that show so was weird. Yep, it was a good show, but that was weird. But this is weirder because it's like a lot of the characters are like that. Anyway, that's why yeah. I don't like watching high school TV shows because it's like always played by adults, and it's like. Which I get, but it has to be young adults. Yeah, like, get them in, like, I don't know. Just cat, or, you like, know... Why are, why are there younger... There's younger actors. Just cast younger people, like, that are teenagers. Because of just dumb. legal stuff. I know, but it's dumb. And you have to deal with parents. Do adult, but then they always make them do adult plot lines, and it's like, they're supposed to be 15. Like, yeah. it's just dumb. And, like, who is the audience, really? The audience is really adults, not, like, the teenagers. I just, I don't like it. I'm I'm past, like, watching high school stuff, personally. If you're into it, no, no shade. I'm, I'm over it. Like, because they always make them do stuff that college kids do. I'm like, just put it in college. Why are we doing high school then? Fair. That's just me. Oh, gosh. There's, there are a lot of problematic stuff in Glee, but it just still makes me laugh. And this part, like, with it being unrealistic, like, I, I'm fine with this part being, like, Hollywoodized, because it is a TV show, and, like, yeah. it's fine. Like, with them embellishing sets, and, like, embellishing the music and the singing, like, that's fine. That That's I'm supposed totally to happen. That. That's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be, like, fantasy. Like, it fantasizes the television show and makes it unreal, which is okay with me. Like, I'm okay with that part of the the story that they, they those choices that they make because like it would be weird on tv to watch what you just played like who's gonna wa want to watch that yeah it's nice to have those videos just to laugh at in the free your free time but i you definitely need the unrealistic of the music because yeah it, it some of those are really it, good it's what makes it theatery because they're like, you know, if we could do this, this is what we would love to do as the theater department. Like, I appreciate that. And the fact that they call it out for being unrealistic in the show, like, they're self-aware. They're like, we understand this is unrealistic. We're doing this for entertainment. Because, like, Sue, again, we had the clip where Sue's like, well, this is how much money your set would have cost. Like, how? So, like, yeah. they make fun of it. So it's the, I, And mind, those it's okay. jokes are why I really love Glee because I love when characters are self-aware of like the stupidity of the stuff they do and that's again and that's glee for what it is that's what it's supposed to be it's a satire about itself like yeah this is what the glee club would love to do and they're showing you that but then being like yeah this is unrealistic like making fun of itself that's at the core of what glee really is so like yeah those moments are really great and it also showcases like all of the actors are very talented when it comes to singing dancing and doing their choreography and all that stuff. So it is nice to see, like, what that height of that could be for them through, like, these, like, crazy sets and stuff. Like, it gets crazier over time, but, like, it's okay. Like, for me, it's okay in the in the genre of what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about a lot of problematic stuff. Obviously, there's more. We can't get into everything. Well, We'd do you have, have to rewatch the show. Do you have a favorite performance that they did? Or, like, a favorite song or anything? The everything. I'll let you know at the end. Because I need I need the video that we're going to watch to help me. Oh, man. Okay, so I have a bunch of favorites. But I... One of my favorite song Favorite... Favorite episode song? Favorite songs they did was... I think it was the episode where Santana gets outed by Finn. Oh. And that whole it was episode. at the Is time... Rumor has it. Yes. It was at the time where the treble tones were still a thing, which to me, I like them better than One Direction. I thought they were way better. Because again, we got to hear more than Rachel Berry. <laughs> new and, Directions? Uh, not One Direction. <laughs> I, say, I say New Directions? You said One Direction. I meant New Directions. Sorry, yeah, New Directions. It is um, harder. <laughs> so the treble tones, and it was the treble tones, which consisted of like... Um, Amber Riley as Mercedes, uh, Naya as Brittany, or not, not Naya, um, Heather, and I think some of the newer girls. I, forget yeah, I think Sugar uh, was in there, too. Yeah, Sugar was. And they were led by this one of the stupidest plot lines ever. Um, Rachel's actual biological mom, who's played by Indina Menzel, who is, like, one of the greatest 
show we sound tune. so much alike though she was she was the original Elphaba in wicked she was like in rent Elphaba? like she's one of the biggest broadway stars of all time um iconic human being she played elsa in frozen like she's iconic yes and that's again that's how much pull this show had that it got crazy big stars that was, was in the season one show. Yeah, they got her in the beginning. And Kristen Chenoweth was also in it, who played um, Glinda, the good witch, in Wicked. She's another, like, iconic broad. These are, like, legitimate stars. They had that both they got. of them, and it still pisses me off that oh. they never put them together in a scene. I know. Me- same. Like, I would love to see them together. <laughs> so angry. I'm like, they. I know. And I think they were both in an episode where the kids sing Defying Gravity. Yeah, man. And I, I was just like. to sing it. Huh? <laughs> Rather than sing it. Or just have them sing something together. Just actually say hi to each other. Because it's just so weird to have them both there in the same episode and just like not say anything. Okay. But like, I have two favorite songs actually. Now that I'm thinking about it more. Rumor has it was one of them. Because I, I love the way they did the Adele songs. Um, all of the Adele songs were really great. This one I didn't like I Rolling the- in the Deep, but that's probably because I didn't like the characters who were singing it. I like that song too, but this one I thought was better, and I like the way they overlaid like Naya with um, um, Amber singing together. They just they sound so fucking good together. They needed more songs. And just, oh my gosh, the way it was the choreographed, two them, yes. the two of them oh. are my two favorite singers. But the way they choreographed it, and they have like Naya looking at like Heather during it, like it just it, I love the way that was done. The dancing, the singing, all of it. My second favorite that will always like always like bring a fond memories to me is when Brittany and Santana were trying to figure out how they felt about each other. Like Brittany knew Santana was still figuring it out. Landslide. Yes. (laughs) Landslide. Um, And that was in the episode with Gwyneth Paltrow. I forget what her character's name was, but she was like peace and love kind of like character who was like facilitating them communicating. And just, it was very emotional the way it was like sung and, it was just so good. That episode should be season two, episode 16. I That whole episode is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. That was one of that was one of their best episodes ever, was the Fleetwood Mac episode. I love that episode. I love it. Okay, so I love when <laughs> the TikTok song and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Brittany throwing up on Leah. That was and I love that she got to film that on her birthday. <laughs> that was good. I'll take that. Um, hold on, I'm trying to think of this with the song called River Deep Mountain High. Oh god, that song too. Again, the Naya so the, the Naya Amber songs. Kill it. Those two together are so iconic. I love that song, River Deep Mountain High. I have I bought that song on iTunes and like listen to it all the time. They're, they're so it good. was so good. Just, oh my gosh. The, yes. And like another I, most of my favorite episodes are like I think season two. Season one, season two. Um the Britney Britney episode was also fantastic. Oh yes, that's it. All the like the Britney focused episodes are my favorite. Actually, I oh. just remembered go ahead. Yeah. You want I was gonna say what's um, I agree. And what's amazing about that is that both Brittany and Santana were just supposed to be characters with no lines. They were just supposed to be background characters. But because the, those actresses, like, acted their asses off, they got promoted to, like, speaking roles. And then we got these amazing episodes. They weren't supposed to exist. But those two, like, seriously worked their asses off. So, like, in a sense, like, some characters got downgraded for absolutely no reason these two got elevated for a very good reason like they worked their asses off and became speaking characters and then we got these their episodes are some of the most iconic episodes just because like those characters were so fun especially Brittany. Brittany was hilarious Brittany. well okay we'll get to her in a little bit i can't wait to just scream out here (laughs) because um but one of my like everything about her sorry (laughs) <laughs> we'll get the screen don't worry i have it it's all in all caps let the screen be commence we're gonna get there really soon um one of my favorite songs is you have more friends than you know and this is in season four so i don't know if you know it but it's so. melissa marley wrote this song and it's when mr Shu was being so rude to all of them and he, you know what do you want to hear it 
No? no. Okay, but you don't have to. Uh, you'll hear some of it. But it's just, it's such a great song, and uh, Unique is in it, and Blaine and Sam, I believe. So it's like, I don't know. It's just everybody who, like, they were being like really rude to at the time. And it's just a very sweet song about just, you have more people around you, there's people who love you, even when it doesn't seem like it. And it's just, it's just so very sweet. And I love it. Okay. See, there's some so, good stuff about Glee. I promise. There, just, there are it good just, stuff. It just got, it lost its mind and got problematic. And just had problematic elements from the beginning. Like Sue. Or Shoe. Shoe was a, a Shoe. <laughs> Shoe was, was problematic too. But Sue was funny. <laughs> Shoe was not funny. He was just creepy. I was writing Sue and Shoe. Um. Uh... Right next to each other, and it was like very confusing. I'm like, wait a minute, do you just spell shoe with Sue with an H? But no, there's a C in there too. I just their names are so close together. I don't know. <laughs> Did they do that on purpose or something? Maybe. Okay, so we've gone through quite a bit of problematic things, but I also found a video that's called "Important LGBTQ Plus Moments in Glee." And this is by Shannon. And there are some moments that I think are really important. Now, I'm going to put a trigger warning in front of this of stuff we might talk about and the stuff in this video. Uh, I I might cry in it because there is some real stuff. So everybody be warned. And just and like for context, too. I, we were talking off mic, but, like, I compare the LGBTQ stuff that went on with Glee to, like, the L word in the sense that it was novel at the time and a big deal because a big network was was airing this at prime time, like, prime time. It got the prime time slot, so, like, everybody was watching it. So all the subjects and characters they were showcasing, like, you rarely saw this kind of character on a mainstream network. So it was a big deal that it was even, that it even exists. But in hindsight, some things did not age well, just like the L word. So just keep that context in mind for some of this stuff. <sighs> uh, I don't even know what to say. My heart's so heavy right now. With it. It was, that was the roller coaster. It just kept going down and then a little up and then back down. I mean, they did a good job of encompassing, again, a lot of different... Again, it became too self-aware, and it started just trying to tackle issues versus, like, using the characters to tell a story. So, like, with Kurt, there's a lot more uh, examples with Kurt and his journey, like, telling his dad, first boyfriend, first homophobic bully that's a closet case, other bullies that are maybe closet cases, maybe not, just, like, weak men looking to, like, use their fists, express themselves kind of deal. There's a lot more examples with Kurt because that's what Glee started with. And, you know, you can see the journey through Kurt versus, like, Unique comes in later and they're like, okay, let's use this episode to tell about, like, Unique real quick. And then we'll, like, move on next episode. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, much more disjointed and, like, it just, it felt more performative, like, as they went on. Not to say that the issues and the character stories were not important. It's just the way they chose to tell them was very disjointed and weird. And They like, were more like, okay, you get this episode... This is the trans yeah, we're episode. Done. Like, basically, they would do stuff like that. And it's like, it felt disingenuous versus, like, having the character established and, like, seeing more of the progression of their... Like, they also um, did that with Santana. Like, she got multiple episodes to figure stuff out. Because she was there from the beginning. And, like, yeah. the Britney Santana thing was... It started with an offhanded line between Heather and Naya, and that evolved into a, okay, let's actually explore this kind of thing. Wait, so did they come up with that line? Like... I can't remember if it was scripted or not, but it was like, it was like a, supposed to be a joke where I forgot what was going We're on. Gonna We're going to see it. Don't worry. We yeah, have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Anyway. But yeah, it started with that line in season one and like, then the writers are like, huh, let's see, let's, let's explore as they were, because again, they were just supposed to be background characters when that line was delivered and they're like, okay, maybe let's actually give them more screen time and like, let that play out. And it turned out to be very interesting because you got to see it santana pre-post like you got to see her evolution same thing with britney who like again was more of a open book but still like had a journey that progressed versus like plopping in almost like token characters and trying to tell a story very 
disjointedly to just like again mostly centered around this performance that's going to happen versus like a natural story where you it became less character focused that's really why i couldn't keep going with the show i was like what are we doing (laughs) so why did you stop like was there one reason there's many reasons the biggest was uh so i i was very into the show like I was big team Britannia. Like I was, I was very invested in this show because it was novel at the time to like see queer people on primetime television, like portraying stories like that I could relate to. Like, you know, it wasn't the L word, which if you've seen the L word, it's (laughs) the L word's not realistic. (laughs) Like it's just that you don't just like go up to people randomly. They're just happen to be gay and you like fuck them in a car. Like that was basically the L word. Everybody's queer and just like ready to go at any moment. It was like the weirdest show ever. It was nice because you got representation, but it was like unrealistic representation versus like this was more relatable because you had characters who were like, you know, in the small town America, quote unquote, trying to like navigate that with their families, with their friends and and they were trying to figure out the next steps of their lives. Like I found a community here in Glee Club, but like what happens after? And so for me, I was very, I was like where they lost me was when they got the season four, because at season three, that was when like they were, the, the main cast was mostly getting ready to graduate. This is a problem with high school shows. And this is where a lot of shows fail is when you go from high school to beyond. And I they also the, did not start them in freshman year. Which no, they start usually, usually stupid. you start sophomore year. This is how high, all high school students do this. You start sophomore year. Um, so it started sophomore year. But then you had some characters who didn't graduate. Like, Brittany didn't graduate. Um, Blaine was, like, a junior. So, like, not everybody was graduating. But, like, the the cast we started with, which was Kurt, uh, Mercedes, Rachel, Santana, um, Finn, Puck, I guess. Puck was weird because he kept, like, failing and kind of not graduating also. But, like, and and Quinn. That was, like, the main cast we started with. So they were all graduating. And, again, the beginning of Glee was mostly a satire that focused around these characters and you saw them grow and develop. And then they're graduating. So, for me, I was like, this would... I thought they were going to do what normal television shows do, which is you follow those characters when they graduate in their next phase of life and it's like how did the glee club prepare them for what they're doing like rachel kurt and santana are all going to new york together i'm like great follow them and see what their life is like but no they spent way too much time in high school and it's like the show never moved on and i was like what are we doing and then they brought in all these new characters like marley and jacob was that the love interest Mm -hmm. which basically jacob was a combination of finn and puck and then Marley was like Quinn and Rachel. So it's like they just recycled characters, gave them new Mm-mm. faces, new like identities. Um there was another character for Quinn. Marley wasn't Quinn. But I meant like Marley just was less of a loser than Rachel. Yeah. I'm just saying they've recycled plot lines, put new faces and new like subcategory like Again, they became token characters. Like, Jacob was, like, black and Jewish. So now we had, like, black and Jewish plot lines we could explore through this character versus Marley, who had... She was like Rachel and a Quinn hybrid, but with her own subgenre of stuff. So they were, like, again, becoming too issue-focused with the show and trying to, like, have token... In my mind, token characters to tell token stories versus playing out the ones you already established. And again, I don't know if that was so that they could be issue focused or so or so they can keep shoe relevant because once they graduate who cares about him anymore like it's just they they were stuck way too in high school for me okay, and but the go sorry shoe wasn't that's supposed not, that's to come not back. the thing huh shoe Sh- yeah shoe that's finn stepped in and was the teacher and shoe was going away for a job um also i loved finn as the teacher like he was, like, such a good mentor to Marley. I just like their scenes together. And then when Corey unfortunately died, um, the guy who played Shu agreed to come back. Matthew Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we have him again. Yeah, but it's like, we wouldn't need any of that if we didn't spend so much freaking time at the Glee Club in high school. And the episode that really pissed me off the most was in one episode in season four. So in season three, they spent all this time establishing all the couples. So all the couples finally got together. You had Quinn, not Quinn, Finn and Rachel. You had 
Blaine and um, Kurt and Brittany and Santana. They all get together and then the graduation happens. Then in one episode, in the beginning of season four, they break all of them up in one episode. And I was like, what is the point of this? This was so stupid. And like, they kept having episodes where like, they kept coming back to high school. I'm like, these people live thousands of miles away. Why? Like, like Sue points out, she's like, do you guys have teleporters? Like, why do you keep coming back here? Like, just the way they started telling stories was absolutely stupid. And I was like, I cannot keep watching this because there's no substance to this anymore. It's just we're trying to tell token stories. And it's, it was just terrible. I couldn't. That was at the point where they were trying to maximize, like, iTunes profits. Yeah, I got some way through season four and then I just couldn't anymore because I was like, this is not the show that I liked. It just destroyed everything I liked about the show and I just couldn't anymore. The Marley Jacob stuff all seemed so forced and just, it was just like we're repeating the Quinn, Rachel, Finn, Puck triangle just with two people. And like, they brought in, there's some other white dude there too. So they created a love triangle with Marley. Sure. We don't talk about him. We do not. It was just like, what was the point of this? It was just dumb. I just couldn't. It was dumb. And then, like, didn't they make Emma more of a character? And, like, she got more crazy, and then there was a her trying to marry Will. <laughs> it's just, like, it was They do dumb. get married. Yeah, but, like, they had, she had, like, cold feet at one point. Like, it was a back-and-forthy kind of, like, mm-hmm. plot line for a while was my point. It was just terrible. It just got really yeah. cool. Okay, and so again, I, I started in four, so... I'm sorry. Again, and I watched for Melissa. So as long as she was in it, I was fine. I didn't I get it. care I get about it. any of the couples when they broke up. I didn't know who they were. You weren't yeah. invested in them. <laughs> yeah. So, and now like you have the same opinion as a lot of people. So I always feel wrong for liking the show because I don't have the same experience. And that's bad. But I loved it because I love Melissa. But again, we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> I was once I started watching the show again, when Heather left at the end of four, I got really sad. And then I was like, okay, but Melissa's still in it. And so is Naya. So halfway through five, they just get rid of them, which we'll talk about again later. So Melissa's gone. I'm like, all right, we got Santana. That's it. That's all I'm watching for. Santana leaves at the end of five. There's literally no reason for me to watch six, and they start over with brand new characters, except they bring in Kitty as well. Back in. And I think uh, Unique comes back as well. So it was just like too many changes, and they'd done the changes three times, because halfway through five, they go fully to New York, I believe, and then six, they're back in the high school. And this is where I'll try to tell you what happens in six. So they go back to the high school. They run the Glee Club, but Who's they're they? going. Oh, they as in uh the the group, like uh. What like wasn't Rachel, Finn? Rachel. Quinn. Who was left? Rachel Quinn. Oh Puck. God, no! I think it was just Rachel and Quinn. Kurt. 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 Kurt probably. Kurt and that would make Blaine. sense. It sounds like they were the protagonists at that point. Just those two. Yeah, and then I think I didn't watch it. Sue starts kidding. at Glee Club or something. I don't. I don't remember. Sue's been start trying to start Glee Club since the beginning. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, um, and then Santana comes back, and so does uh, Brittany. I'm getting. I'm trying so hard to not flip between the real people's names and that. It's hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, they get engaged and they get married. Sue tries, is obsessed with Clayne and gets them back together by locking them in an elevator. And sure. then they have a double wedding. And Beast of Storylines in season five, so I don't know what happens in season six. Uh, there's new kids. They do some storylines, and then I don't know what happens. And then at the end, they bring everybody back except Melissa at the for the final scene. Fantastic. She was too busy flying. I know, she's too busy being Supergirl and actually having a good show. <laughs> yeah, she went on from that show, and she's like, yeah, I'm just going to be <laughs> better than what this is right now. Yeah, it was terrible. 
So yeah, I yeah. season six. I was like, there's no reason. I just kept, I it took me everything in me not to just skip to the Britannia episodes and scenes. You're stronger than me. I only watched that in a YouTube clip. I I mean, I was like, I'm way too invested in this now. And you had more years, so I was just like binging it. I did other things while watching it, so I was like, play a game on my phone or something. So it's not like I was just doing that. I don't think I could do it. No. <laughs> but to your point that of them just trying to sell music, I think you can tell in four, they were doing a lot of like popular songs. Yeah, no, they were going through what was top 10 hits at that time on the radio versus in the beginning when you go, it's more show tunes because theater. Yeah. And then it became, how do I sell, rebrand what's already popular right now and make money? Hence, like, literally we watched that song with like, yeah, I forget who it was, uh, Rachel and whoever in the bathroom singing. The only reason they were singing that song is because that was a top 10 hit at the time that aired and they were trying to resell it as a Glee cover. And I Otherwise, think this was like, season two, actually, or a season. No, three. that was like three, four. It's definitely not four because she's in high school. Oh yeah, I think three, maybe, maybe two. I don't know, but like again, that's where it started. They were they slowly got away from show tunes into what is popular on the radio right now, and how do we make money off of it? And again, they were just centering storylines around these songs that don't make any sense in the show. It's just to make money, and like that, Glee got too full of itself. For, num for that reason, and then trying to solve the world problems with each episode, and it really lo it lost itself. It's supposed to be a satire, and it just mm -hmm. it took itself too seriously, and it just lost itself. And the writers There's didn't definitely, talk to each other. <laughs> uh, different shows within that show. Yeah. And it all depends on when you come in. You know, most people start with season one. Maybe. I wonder what my views would have been like if I started with season one. But. Probably like mine. <laughs> Everybody else who started with season you one. You know, I'd rather just like the show. <laughs> so and no, and that's that's totally fine. Like again, it's it's a completely. By the time you get to season four, it is a completely different show. It's not what Glee's supposed to be anymore. Mm -hmm. It's something. It's more like a, just a regular drama at that point that has singing in it. Yes, that that is very accurate drama. because there's like this whole episode with a school shooting, and yeah. that that yeah. episode got to me. Just okay. <laughs> Because Melissa was crying, you know. I'm like, I don't want her. I don't want her to be hurt. <laughs> That's basically uh, what it was. But yeah, I will say one of the speaking of that episode, one of the things that I did like later and throughout the show was was like you mentioned earlier, Sue's relationship with Becky and Becky's storyline in general. I really liked, and hers kept evolving a past like the you know the inception of the show, and I really did enjoy that character and her dynamic with Sue. It humanized yeah. Sue, but also, like, it, she was an important character that kept growing over time that I really, really liked. And they didn't Becky. put her in a box. No, they didn't. They let her be a full-fledged fucking person. And anytime somebody tried to put her in a box, Sue would call them out on it. They're like, why are you giving her special treatment? Like, she's a person like everybody else. Like, mm -hmm. I like, and yeah, and, like, the actress that played Becky was amazing. Like, I really enjoyed Becky. I thought she was really great. And I thought they handled, the writers for once handled uh, a sensitive topic potentially to people very very well and they just let her be they just let her be a yeah. teenager like it was great uh i really enjoyed that uh a character i absolutely hated was jacob the fucking reporter because he got very pervy oh and sexual assaulty stalkery over time in the in the name of the news and just ugh, he became just like this outrageous character versus like a person over time as they wrote him and it so far, I don't typically like the characters that he plays. He also went on to be in Wizards of Waverly Place, and I don't like his character in that either. He just, the characters he's given is just not great. <laughs> I feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, no shade to the actor. I, I don't like the way, he, in the beginning, was much better. They just, they made him more of a caricature than a person as time went on, and he just got really annoying and stalkery and stuff. And he well, always got away with everything as a character. Like the writers yes. just, that's what I mean. The writers picked and choose their battles and some stuff they just wrote off as whatever when it was hella problematic and they should have focused on it and just, you know, yeah. Yeah. He's one of them. We're, we're getting into characters now, which I think is a good place to stop this part. All right. And we can pick up actually screaming about the things that we love in the next part. So we'll see you next time. Yeah. When... We talk about what we love <laughs> <laughs> next time on Glee. <laughs>
And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at BigGayEnergyPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.